0: On this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, listen to my conversation with Dr. Karen Sutherland, who currently leads the social media and public relations disciplines at the University of the Sunshine Coast, and brings with her over 20 years marketing experience. We discuss how to build trust and integrity in your business to develop long-term customer relationships, how to best deal with negative feedback from online and in-person reviews, and how to build engagement with your audience. My name is Aidan Vocalo, and here you will find business strategies, tips, and tactics, That you can incorporate not only in your own venture but your life to help you simplify and strategically grow scaling up the impact you're having in this world listen as i talk to creators innovators and game changers on what it takes to build an impactful business uncovering their insights strategies and tips to help you increase profitability and develop a thriving team culture welcome to the stories behind the grind podcast Karen, thanks so okay. much for coming on the Stories Behind the Grind podcast. It's great to have you on.
1: Thank you for asking me. I'm very honoured.
0: No worries, Karen. You bring with you over 20 years marketing experience, and you've previously worked for ABC TV, Australian Red Cross Blood Service, and Thankful. You've had your work on social media published, peer reviewed, and cited over 33 times, and you currently lead the social media and public relations disciplines at the University of the Sunshine Coast. Tell me, where did your interest in marketing develop from, and what are you currently working on?
1: Well, I think, well, it sort of stemmed from marketing and communication. So I think I've always been a communicator and a storyteller, even as a kid. And I think it was only natural for me to sort of get into that field. So I first studied communication at university, Monash University. That was my first degree. And then I started working at ABC TV straight after that and ended up in their marketing department uh, for a short stint. And that's, I think, where it really, um, it stemmed from there my interest and then my jobs seemed to just opportunities i was offered all sort of fell into that line of marketing communication and public relations after that and so right now sort of fast forward 20 years or whatever um now i um i yeah i work at the university of the sunshine coast as a lecturer and i've just developed um uh, with some help a uh, social media degree so a bachelor of communication social media so we've just started that this year and I also do sort of consulting and workshops and social media coaching for small business and nonprofits, and um, writing a book at the moment as well on social media. So it's me very busy, but I really love what I do, so it's fun to me.
0: Yeah, it does sound like you're keeping very busy with all those aspects, but I guess centered around the core sort of pillar of marketing and how that can be best used for people going forward. You mentioned before you've you know you've done a fair bit of work with um, social enterprises, and I was wondering. What marketing lessons have you learned from consulting to these enterprises that would be applicable to the um, small business market?
1: Well, I think what I've learned is generally in say non-profit NGOs, there aren't a lot of resources, particularly in the beginning. And so things like say social media and marketing often falls on one person who's doing a lot of other things too. And I think that can really hamper the success of How well things are implemented because, I mean, one person cannot do everything. And so I think even trying to get some people who are experts in their field to to, even to do some pro bono work or just something to help um, lighten that load would actually help in the end to be more effective. I know some NGOs, they do seek the help of agencies and to help them with their social media. And I've seen that work and also not work. And so I think when it doesn't go so well, it's because the agency may just be focusing on things like growing an audience, but not looking at things like engagement and relationship building and and actually growing an audience that is going to actually be effective for that organisation. When an agency does it well, they really get what the organisation's about and they actually spend time within the organisation to really understand and, and actually tell their story in a really genuine and accurate way.
0: How important is being this authentic or having that authenticity and knowing the brand story? How important is that for small business owners?
1: Oh, it's, it's everything. And I mean, people like to know about other people and they like to know why people start a business and, and the story behind the business. And and sharing that and particularly with small business, often the owner is the the face and then and they are seen as the business. And so sharing that that stuff and getting and sharing stories that resonate with people around that business and how it started and how it functions is often what gets people over the line and decides who actually engage in, and purchase from that business.
0: For those business owners, I guess, struggling to to put themselves out there or to communicate their story, what would your advice be for them to sort of come out of their shell, I guess, and, and to be a bit more forward in, in communicating their value.
1: Well, I guess first of all, I would just get used to telling your story to even just to people that you know and people that you see face to face. And then you can do it in front of, say, a smartphone to create a little like a one minute video that that can be used on social media just to give you a little glimpse of what's going on. And it gets easier, like the more that you put yourself out there, the easier it becomes because people get to know you and people want that connection with another human being. And so it's actually a really effective and important thing to do to build relationships with both um, existing and prospective customers.
0: For sure. And I guess that's all about or leads into building engagement as well between the business and um, prospective and new clients. What's some advice you would have to build that engagement further?
1: Well, it would be just to find out what problem you can solve for your customers and or prospective customers and, and offer sort of content and information that's going to be of value to them and not trying to sell to them. So essentially, so things like social media and, and digital media and things like that and even events and, and networking events and, and other opportunities to connect with people are there to build relationships. And so it's really important to take that focus about building relationships, not just trying to sell to people. In the last week, I've had two people add me on LinkedIn and then within the next message, try and sell me something. And that's just so off-putting. I don't even know really who these people are to begin with. We have no relationship. And it feels like the only reason they were interested in connecting with me in the first place was just to sell me something. And um, I don't think that's a genuine way to actually do it there is much better ways to approach that so yeah for me it's just you know adding value to them giving to them and working on the building of the relationship
0: yeah for sure I mean establishing those long-term customer relationships is is so important in an era where you know I guess we're, we're all experiencing people trying to try to get these quick wins and trying to you know cold call or cold email it's, um, it sort of goes against. What's really important these days, and it is about having that empathy and and developing those long term relationships with your you know current and future customers or clients going forward, because that's where I guess true value can be exchanged, and you can sort of better understand where or the problems that your customers are are having.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and and doing you know doing some research about them and someone else who added me on LinkedIn as well a few weeks ago. And they sent me a message and they said, what do you do? (laughs) You haven't even read my profile, you know. Actually working out and doing some research on the people you're trying to connect with and then seeing how, you know, you might then see an article that you think might be of interest to them and sending it to them. It shows that, you know, you're really actually thinking about their needs and actually putting in some effort into the relationship too.
0: Yeah, it it may take a bit more time to do it, but I I guess the payoff is so much greater.
1: That's right, and it may not be that you know you may not end up even like turning that person into a customer, but they might tell ten other people about what you do, and you could you know generate customers that way.
0: Yeah, I mean sometimes it's about having that referral connection, and even if you can't, you know, as a business, even if you can't help that person directly, but you can help them, you know, solve a problem. Maybe even even if it's unrelated to your business, they then might then refer on people that you could better serve, and I
1: guess it's, yeah. it's all
0: about thinking about them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's it. It's, it is. It's about trying to help and and trying to serve others rather than just going into it, into it with um you know your own um best interests straight from the get go.
0: Yeah, definitely about thinking about the other person first, and then figure out how you can solve their problem if you can, or maybe even referring someone on that can solve their problem, and just building that you know connection and community around your business and what you do. And Karen, these days we're sort of living in a world where there's constant input from multiple media channels all the time. What do you recommend business owners do to break through the
1: noise? Well, again, not trying to sell at every opportunity is always always good. And just really focusing on that that storytelling because I think that people want to actually connect with a story. And there's been like, I, I teach a course at um, USC called Transmedia Storytelling. And in that, we look at actual research about when people, um, like their biology, and how it changes when people are actually listening to a story. It's quite interesting. So we're actually trying to construct our meaning of the world through story. So if you can actually tell people at what you're, what you're about and help them in a really kind of short but compelling way, I think, um, that's really going to help connect with them and cut through all the other stuff. But you see, I mean, I know if you, you, I'm sure you watch YouTube and you see those sort of pre-roll ads where, you know, like you just end up looking on the 3 seconds or 4 seconds and getting rid of it. I think some people, they need something to sort of get people's attention in the first instance. So those first 3 seconds are really key in whatever you're doing just to get people to actually notice you because if you don't, you will you, you just lose them. And yeah, and just staying away from sort of those really heavy sort of marketing and advertising above-the-line tactics that are really obvious. I guess it's just being, it is again, it's just being genuine and telling, telling a good story in, in a short way that is going to actually resonate because people don't really care so much about, say, facts and figures. They care about feelings. There's a great book called Contagious, which is by Jonah Berger. And, um, in it, he talks about sort of social media content and things online that end up becoming viral. And, um, from his sort of, um, Observations—it's really that yeah. stuff that really touches you, you know, on an emotional level, and so doing try, trying to find a story, a heartfelt story that's genuine and, and really does that—that's the stuff that's going to cut
0: through. Definitely, yeah. I mean, from my experience, you, you don't really see too many people going the the storytelling approach with all the ads. I guess I, that I see on um, on social media and whatnot. A lot of it's you know directed at trying to make the sale, trying to make that quick win. But
1: yeah. So in our courses, so in a lot of our courses at USC, students work directly with real clients. And um, that's one of the things we have to really instill in both the students and the clients that every opportunity that you're connecting with someone isn't an opportunity to sell to them, you know. Um, And so I think it's just, I think some people are scared they're not going to have that opportunity again. So they're just going to try and sell. Whereas um, if they actually took their time and built a proper relationship, that and actually added value and provided quality to the people they're trying to connect with over time they they're just going to buy from you anyway because you've built trust with them and that's just a byproduct of of that relationship building and that effort
0: yeah trust trust is such such an important pillar especially between you know two human beings and it doesn't matter whether you're trying to sell them through a business or it's a regular sort of person you might meet on the street it's so having that foundation of trust as a as a solid layer in that relationship. Are there any other ways you like to build trust uh, with the people that you work with?
1: Um, I just like to, I, I tend to just make my actions match my words. <laughs> you know, that's probably the biggest one. Like I'm um, only saying I can do something if I can do it and and, and always following through. Um, I think sometimes I've encountered in my own career, there's, you know, I've encountered some really big talkers. Yeah, like sometimes their actions don't actually meet their words. So I think that's really important and it's part of having integrity is just making sure that you actually do what you say you're going to do. Yeah,
0: it's, so, it's so important to, to back up what you say because, you know, you can say whatever you want, but it's really your actions that, that meet the expectation that you set with your words. And so it's... That's right.
1: And that's, that's what builds trust. Like if you actually do what you say, like that's probably the most effective way that you can build trust, you know, and, and of course telling the truth. That's another biggie. But it sort of stems from that as well. Curious, where
0: where do you draw the line from a truth perspective? Obviously, there's a there's a difference between being 100% open transparent and, you know, when you're trying to sell something, where do you draw that line between how much do you say of say the truth when you're um, when you're trying to sell a product or service?
1: Well, I think all the time. I think you shouldn't have any anything to hide. I think sometimes Using say things like key messages, you generally only ever use say three key messages in a strategy because you can't tell everyone everything because there's it, it, just too much information. But I think you should be genuine and honest at all times and making sure that what you're selling is, is legit. Like for example, I've heard of some business owners using things like stock photos of a similar product. On their websites and things and social media to represent their products, and and I find that is not being very genuine and transparent because it's not an actual photo of your actual product. So I think they're, um, you know, I, I think doing things like that and just just being open and putting in the work to actually represent yourself in an accurate way, I think, is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, agreed. It's um, it's important to have that that sort of open openness to, to what you're doing and it's it's definitely not, not the right thing to to steal, you know, someone else's product and, and market it as your own. It's
1: Yeah, and it's, and people know, like people can tell and you, you might fool some people for a little while, but it won't be long before they'll find out. And and it's easier to tell the truth than um if found out later and your reputation will be ruined because it can take years and years to build up a really positive and strong Reputation, and and it can take a sentence to rip it down again, or even just one just to ruin it. So it's just important to be open.
0: Yeah, for sure, definitely. You can you can definitely ruin ruin you know those long term relationships that you've built up. You know you can ruin that with a lie pretty pretty easily. So I agree. Yeah, it's important to t- tell the truth as much as possible and to be open and transparent going forward.
1: Yeah,
0: Karen, you're, you're currently writing a book at the moment. And I'd love to get your thoughts on where you see social media heading into, as we head into 2020.
1: Well, to be honest, it's just going to keep moving. Like I think video is going to remain as as an excellent vehicle for storytelling. I think, I mean, this is how I sort of describe it in my book that, you know, while um, sort of the tactics and things may change, like the fundamental things of trying to connect with other people, they, they don't change really. I think sort of tech wise, I think more and more, um, sort of voice will come up, particularly in Australia. I know in the States it's quite big there. Even I recently, I was, I led a social media study tour to Mumbai in India. And, um, in certain pockets of places over there, even voice is coming up there. So voice assistants and things like that. So I think more focus on writing your content to suit those sort of devices will, I think, become a bit more, um, important in terms of the platforms themselves, I think they'll just keep trying to improve and, and add different features and compete with each other like they normally do. But to be really specific, it's hard to say. It'll be interesting to see how um, Facebook's version of cryptocurrency is going to go. But you know, these are things that remain to be seen.
0: Yeah, it is interesting um, listening to or reading about Facebook trying to enter in the um, that crypto market and what it's going to mean for. Um, you know, for users with Facebook's, you know, big sort of network, it's going to be I mean, interesting. Yeah,
1: and I think too, place. like, because they they've had a real issue with trust um in the last, you know, couple of years, and so it'll be interesting to see just how you know whether that there is that level of trust for people to to use that new feature.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to just see what a, what angle they take, and they definitely have been in the media with with their trust issues. I wonder. I wonder about sort of the, the conveniency of it all as well, in terms of will, will people trade, you know, more convenience for giving up sort of more mm-hmm. data and letting yeah. go of their privacy.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting, yeah, to see. Because I mean, how much more can we give up our privacy? Because <laughs> they they sort of have it really already, but that but that's okay. Like I, I'm I'm actually not too worried about it. I had a discussion the other day. Um, I did a a presentation for some research students at the university. And, yeah, like it, most we're actually quite comfortable with Facebook having all of our data because we're not doing anything sort of untoward. So, yeah, I guess it's a really personal thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've interacted with the people who don't have Facebook or Instagram or any, you know, any social media platform. And I've met others who are on, you know, as many as possible. So it really does come back down to, or in my view anyway, personal preference. And down to the end consumer of what they're willing to willing to share, absolutely. And I think you know, even even with people having private profiles, you really shouldn't be sharing anything you don't want everyone to see. That's a, yeah. A and of, I
1: mean, people can screenshot anything, you know. That's the thing. I think some people think if they lock down their profile that they're safe, but it only takes one person to take a screenshot and share it. So um, it's just better to behave, really. Like it's it just not. What is it? I read somewhere that say Microsoft's social media policy is, um, something like be smart or something, which is about, you know, just don't be dumb. Like, okay. Don't, don't do stupid things that are going to um, come back to bite you. It's pretty simple, really.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't, don't share anything that you wouldn't want, you know, your boss or your partner or anyone else to, to see mm-hmm. using that as a, as a benchmark or a yardstick to, to dictate what you post. Yeah.
1: And even, even like messenger chats, you know, like I, I know someone who lost their job because something they, they thought was a private conversation was screenshotted and sent, sent to someone, someone else, you know, and, and that really ended badly for them. So it's, you know, it's not like just, it's better to actually just have a verbal conversation. You know, it's just stuff that can't be recorded. Once, once you, it's made digital, like it, it's out there. So it sounds sort of, um, you know, conspiracy theory sort of thing, but it's it is the truth. Like once you actually record something, it's it, it exists then, and it can really, literally go anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's there's really no safety once it's once it's on the internet, it's it's there forever in a sense. And yeah, can you get your thoughts? I'm part of a few Facebook groups, Facebook business groups, and a common theme I see kind of regularly, probably a weekly basis, is businesses that are getting tarnished. Having a tarnished reputation from you know competitors or disgruntled customers leaving bad negative reviews. Now you come from a PR background. What mm-hmm. would you suggest a business do when they're sort of attacked by you know a competitor or a really really disgruntled customer who's who's left false negative feedback? What's the best way for a business to respond?
1: Yeah, it's, it is a tough one because it can really damage a business. And I know there's been instances where whole teams of people have tried to, you know, really damage a business by in like large groups leaving these sorts of things and um, I, I'm pretty sure you can to raise it with Facebook but it's up to them just to decide what they do with it. It's usually good to respond but in a really calm sort of way if it's actually, a you know, a, a complaint like that, but just to show that you're willing to have a conversation with the person and that but do it in a really reasonable way and then another good thing too is to ask or, or try and ask your positive you know customers to actually leave reviews and then it sort of fixes it in a way because of that other reviews there but the other sort of it, it sort of goes further down and um and then it doesn't have as much impact if you're getting more positive so um that's really all I, I can suggest because it's really hard, particularly on things like TripAdvisor. You can't really just stop that, and and even on Facebook, you know, like it, it can look really bad, and and Google as well and Google My Business. Um, but that's really the only way around it. But I I suggest actually just having having leaving some response that doesn't acknowledge what that person said, but is showing a willingness to have a conversation about it.
0: Yeah, definitely. As a you know customer or potential customer reading a negative review and where a business hasn't chosen to respond, you then really don't know if it's true or not, or whether the business yeah. is proactive in you know in responding to negative um, negative feedback whether it's true or not. Yeah, when you see that response, you sort of respect the business more or at least I do anyway when I'm when I'm reading a review.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to agree with what they've said, and whatever you do, do not get angry. But be really quite neutral in what you're writing, but just show, yeah, just show that a willingness to have a conversation. Don't admit to anything, but just have, show that you're, you know, ask that person to have a conversation offline or, or something like that. Because, yeah, it just shows that you're, you've noticed it. Cause some, I think what's worse is when someone leaves a complaint and then, yeah, there is no response. It looks like that the business doesn't care. And even um, as worse or, or on the same part, on par with that is a business who waits too long before they respond. So you need to be on top of that. And they say sometimes with negative feedback to try and respond in the first hour of receiving it, or at least within the first 24 hours if you can't monitor it really closely.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you added that last little bit. I was going to ask if there was any you know policy that you would recommend that businesses put in place to respond to um, to negative feedback.
1: Yeah, so they, they say, and particularly things like, in sort of crisis management, they say that you should, cause an issue can turn into a crisis. And so, an issue is much easier to sort of deal with than a crisis. And, um, so they say anything like, like negative that could turn into something bigger, uh, it's best to respond within the first hour. And that sort of really nips it in the bud. And, um, yeah, but if, sometimes it's hard if you're running a business and you're, you're, managing the social media but try and do it within the first 24 hours before it just goes too far.
0: Yeah, and I mean sometimes people just want to be acknowledged as well and
1: Absolutely. If you acknowledge yeah, their feedback. Yeah, and just show that you've listened to them, you know. And, and sometimes like reviews like they can be painful, but they can also be really good, particularly if you, you know, your business has dropped the ball somewhere that you've been unaware of and it can actually, you know, show you how to, how to improve as well agree there are some people like competitors and things like that who who go on there and do you know behave completely unethically and leave you know false negative reviews which is I think that's a terrible thing to do and I hope karma gets those people because it's 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 so unethical but yeah but reviews can be good if they're positive or if they do show there is an actual deficiency in some of your processes and that can actually help you to um, keep improving. Yeah, for sure, definitely.
0: Getting getting that constant feedback, whether it's positive, negative, or neutral, can all be used yeah. to you know boost your business. And because sometimes you don't know until someone points it out. You know, you, you're so
1: that's right
0: stuck in yeah. the day
1: to day. And particularly if it's a staff member, or, or if you're sort of managing, but you're not in on a particular day or something like that, and you can't see what's going on. Like sometimes you need to hear that. And it also gives you the, the opportunity where in the past it might have been. You know, sometimes just a one-on-one conversation or, you know, that person may might have just gone out and told a whole bunch of people about their negative experience. Like now you it's sort of a bit nerve-wracking, but now you can have the opportunity to actually work that out and have that conversation in front of an audience. And often that can actually, you know, if you do it well, like it can actually work for you and, and even further strengthen relationships between your existing and prospective customers too.
0: Yeah, definitely. It shows sort of strength of character when you've you've got the ability to to respond in a you know clear, concise, non uh, confrontational manner.
1: Yes, and not, like I was reading today, I, I forget what website it was on. They were showing how one, I think it was like a bar owner, how they responded, and it was terrible. They like personally attacked the person who left the review, and you know, like just don't. Don't do that. It's better to like go and ring a friend and then have have a bit of a rant to them about it than um, getting onto Facebook and responding to a review like that.
0: For sure. Or even just writing it out um, in an email but not sending the email just to get it out on paper. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Uh, Karen, um, a question I'd like to ask all guests and I'd love to get your um, opinion of it is what's your definition of the grind? The
1: grind? Well, to me, I I see it as, as... Hard work, but for something that you really love. So, I think you know sometimes it's it can seem relentless and really really challenging. And I know with me, like this year for me, like work wise has been really huge. And there's been times where I've had to really dig deep and um and push to get some some things done. But when they've actually happened, it's been all completely worth it. So I think, um, I think the grind sometimes is where you have to really dig deep just to like achieve what it is you're trying to trying to achieve. I love hearing
0: everyone's perspective of the word. So thank you for sharing. That's okay, um, Karen. Where, where can people find out more about you and what you're up to?
1: Well, I've got I, I'm on Facebook, so I'm Dr. Karen Sutherland on Facebook. Um, I have a website, drkarensutherland.com. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram, but Instagram's more like my—I um, have an addiction to taking photos at sunrise at the beach here, <laughs> so it's more that. But my stories show what I get up to day to day, and um, LinkedIn, of course. So I'm Dr. Karen Sutherland on LinkedIn. So just just
0: Google me, you'll find me. We'll include all those um, all those links in the um, in the bio in the show notes. So um, check those out and. Um... I have to mention, you do take some beautiful photos of sunrises. They're,
1: they're... Oh, thank you. That's, my favorite. that's, that's one of my favourite things to do. So, you know, I think, you know, I work really hard, but you've got to have some balance in there as well, um, the things that you love to do that are not work-related. So,
0: Definitely. Definitely having that balance is important. Whatever that means to to those listening is yeah. you can't push all the time. Karen, look, yeah. thanks again for um, for coming on the podcast. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Stories Behind the Grind. Please share the podcast. And if you're not already subscribed, be sure to do that right now. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. This lets the platform know that I'm doing something right and people like the content. It'd be a huge help and I'd be really, really grateful if you could. Until next time.